G'day guys and welcome back to the Chip and Chase podcast. It's Monday now, so we're at the conclusion of the first week of the preseason challenge. So naturally, we're going to do a bit of a wrap up. I didn't get to watch any of these games live, maybe one or two. Um, I've been working the entire time, so I've had my work cut out for me finishing work at 9pm and then sitting down and watching four games of footy on Saturday night and three games of footy on, on Sunday night. But I've jotted down a few notes across all these games and I'm just going to be sort of looking over them and telling my thoughts in a, in a bit of a wrap-up for the for this first week of the preseason challenge. So, of course, we get started with the, uh, the Bulldogs in the Storm, which took place on the Thursday. And this was one of the only games I did get to see live during this week. Um, this one, yeah, taking place on the Thursday. Didn't have to work this one, thankfully. So... This game, I thought it was a really good game to to start the, the preseason challenge. I thought there was a, a lot of promising signs from both teams early, especially in that first half when Storm had a few more of their stars, you know, taking taking the field. But the first sort of player that stood out to me in this one was Max King. I think his work rate early was really, really good. He was taking multiple carries in just about every set. And we sort of know that he has to step up this year and, and lead the the Bulldogs inexperienced forward pack if they are to have a good season and the early signs from this game sort of really, they're really promising that he he can do exactly that. So Max King, I thought he was really good for the doggies in saying that about this um, Bulldogs inexperienced forward pack. I thought uh, Pawasa Farmasili, I didn't butcher it this time. I don't think Uh, I thought he was really damaging out there early. He was named to start off the bench, but got a promotion into the starting side ahead of, Sam Hughes, I believe it was, or Liam Knight, one of the two. Um, but, yeah, I thought he was really damaging quite early in the game. He's a signing that's sort of flown under the radar a bit for the Doggies. I'm not sure if he is actually part of their top 30 or if he's on a development deal. But based on this performance, I'd assume he gets promoted. And I genuinely think he could snag a spot on their bench come round one. If he carries the ball with as much venom as he did in this one, I think he's almost a certainty for it. And it could just take a bit of weight off Max King's shoulders and put the doggies in, in good stead for the season to come if he if he can just keep this this form going throughout the season. So Pawasa, thought he played really well. Um, another one that stood out was Jamin Salmon. I really, really liked the look of Jamin Salmon at 13 in this one. I thought he really opened up the field for the doggies. If they hadn't signed Josh Curran to play 13, then I'd assume Salmon would have, like, the lock on on, on lock. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he played he played a really good game. He opened up the shape for the Doggies. I did notice a bit that also Reed Marnie was playing a bit of, I want to say, second, third receiver. Um, a lot of the time they'd flick the ball to Salmon off. Someone would jump into hooker passed out to Salmon. Salmon would play out the back to Marnie or vice versa between those two. And then their back line would play off the back of that. So it was interesting to see Marnie's role in, in the Bulldog shape in this one. But I think it all sort of came off the the shape and the space that Salmon sort of creates with his ball playing. So I thought he uh, had a really, really good game and he's going to be a, a good little pickup for the Doggies in this one. And if he can sort of be their backup 13 to Curran, then Kurt Mann, who I thought would sort of fill into that lock role, I think he can sort of just play anywhere then. Obviously, I'd assume Kurt Mann will be a bit of cover for the hooking role. I think he's guaranteed a spot on their their bench, Kurt Mann. So, yeah, it frees up Kurt Mann a bit more. So, Salmon, thought he played really well. 
Uh, the one that we all wanted to see, Ryan Pappenhausen, great to see him back. He, it was really promising that he was out there looking for some for some early touches and some early work. And oh, just seeing him turn on the afterburners to score that that try, that oh, so great to watch. Um, the confidence and like and, and trust in his body to go absolutely full throttle was such a good sign. And it's even better that to see that he hasn't lost any of that speed and, and agility that that makes him so great. So Ryan Pappenhausen, great to see him back out there. For for anyone who did miss it, Jonah Pezzett was goal kicking ahead of Pappenhausen in this one. And while we don't expect Pezzett to make the round one team, it probably means that Nick Meany will get the nod ahead of Pappy as well in that department, which I don't mind at all from an NRL perspective. I think Nick Meany strikes him really well and the less strain and responsibility on Pappy's body, I think is is better for the Storm and better for Pappenhausen. Um, but obviously for our super coach players out there, it's a, it's a real kick in the dick. But I'll touch a bit more on the super coach side of things on a different podcast. But yeah, it was just really good seeing Pappy out there playing footy again. Touch wood, he can stay healthy for a full season because he's such a gun and I love Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, Jarrell Skelton, he caught my eye quite, quite early on in this one. He proved once again what we already know about him. He's an absolute machine. Very hard man to handle one-on-one. Scored a try. Um, if he can just cut out the the errors in his game, then the sky really is the limit for him. He brings it out of his so and out of his own end so so well. Um, yeah, obviously the Bulldogs the Bulldogs um, backline is pretty stacked this year. There's a lot of names that are, are fighting for positions, so I'm not sure he, he makes the squad. But he a lot of clubs could do a lot worse than than pick Jarrell Skelton up and just. All he needs to do is cut those errors out and we have a real footy player on our, t- on our hands. Uh, Blake Taff thought he looked really good, really, really good positionally. Um, and he had some really nice and silky touches out there. I'm starting to believe the rumours of him being ahead of uh, Crichton. Why can't I think? Stephen Crichton. I was thinking Christian Crichton, a bit of a throwback there. But no, yeah, I'm starting to believe the, the rumours of him being ahead of uh, Stephen Crichton at fullback more and more sort of each day. I'd assume the second trial will all but decide who gets that position, but there's a lot more moving parts than just him or Crichton playing well at fullback. You've got Bronson Jerry and Blake Wilson fighting for a spot, both of whom played really well in this one and scored tries. You've got Karaz at a car and one of my favorites and Connor Tracy yet to get a trial game. You can't fit them all and they're all NRL quality players. So, I'm really interested to see the Bulldogs' second trial, so hopefully it gets us a bit closer to the answers on that question. Uh, for the Storm, Dean Eremia, he shrugged off an early error, and I thought he looked really, really good out there. looked terrific. He scored a try and was fantastic in defense. Uh, it was great to see him back playing footy for the Storm after injury cut short his entire 2023 season. Pretty sure he's a Victorian boy, so you love seeing those sort of players come through the Melbourne system. And, yeah, he had a... Really, really good game in this one. So shout out to Dean Aramea. Of course, Sam Hughes, the one we've all been waiting for. He was incredible. The The raps coming out of the Bulldogs on him are, are unavoidable. unavoidable. Um, and this game made it clear why that is. Every run he was making 10 plus meters and finding his front. I just love how he attacked in behind the ruck. It's, a, it's an art form I don't think we see enough of nowadays. If you're running at the markers then you're normally guaranteed a one-on-one tackle. And when you're as big as Sam Hughes, you're probably going to break that tackle as well. I think he played that good that he may have even secured that starting spot next to Max King. So Sam Hughes, wow. 
one to watch, yeah. The, we knew Jacob Preston, the raps on him last year and how he turned out for the Bulldogs. Well, those same raps have been given to Hughes and, yeah, you, you can all see why after this one. Um, the Bulldogs shape in general I thought looked really good and fluent. Uh, bring it back to Salmon and how Reed Marnie was in at second and third receiver as well. I think, yeah, the, the space really opened up for them, especially in that uh, that first half of footy. Um, but I also thought the, the Storm's defense was equally as impressive in that first half as well. It was a great opening game for, for the preseason challenge, just for a number of reasons, seeing lots of players come back for, from injury or suspension like Jerry and um, Pappenhausen, seeing young guns like Hughes and just seeing the shape of, of these play of these teams and how they're going to sort of shape up round one. So it was a really good, really good opening game to the, to the preseason challenge. Uh, I did think the storm were sort of pretty poor in that second half. It is trials. Um, and they're playing, you know, without a lot of their first grade team. So it's, it's nothing much to worry about. It's not panic stations just yet, but it made it, pretty hard to find some real standout performances to comment on, but it was still an enjoyable game to kick off the preseason. How good is it to have footy back? Uh, moving on to the second game, which of course was the Knights in the Sharkies, which took place on the Saturday, of course, Friday being reserved for the Indigenous versus Maldi All-Stars game. So Knights and the Sharks, a standout for me early was Oregon Kafusi with the new luscious locks. Apparently a new hairstyle just makes him more powerful than ever. Who would have thunk it? Uh, but no, in, in all seriously, in in all seriousness, his ability to find his front every tackle is unheralded. His play the ball speed is probably second to none in the NRL as well, especially for, for big men like himself. So he, he played a really good game, did Kafusi. Cronulla's second try was rugby league as, at, at its best. Like seeing a front rower in, in Tom Hazleton do a short side pass play into an offload from the second rower back inside into a kick in behind from the half to the winger. Oh, it was it's bloody arousing. I love the eyes up footy from Hazleton, Hazleton and Atkinson in particular for that one. Of course, um, Siona Katoa was the beneficiary of, of that one, getting the, the try at the end. But yeah, it was gorgeous footy to watch. Uh, McInnes, I love McInnes at lock. I think he has to have that position this season. And I think they have to just use Finucane off the bench as another middle. We all know how great McInnes is in defense. He's, he's one of the best in the game, but his, his ball playing ability is so good. And he had some really smart and strong runs in behind the ruck, which really put the Knights on the back foot early in this one as well. Um, I like the look of Puru. Puru, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that one, the halfback for the Sharkies in this one, brother of Helhepa for the Raiders. Um, it was great in last year's trials, and admittedly he did have sort of an up-and-down game in this one, but he looks really fluent in, in all of his motions, which is what you want to see as a, as a half if you're going to make the grade in NRL. Uh, the way he straightens and digs into the line looks really good, and I think he's going to be a really good foot, footy player when he gets his shot. Fletcher Sharp looked really dangerous every time he, he touched the ball. He reminds me a bit of Lockie Miller for, for the Knights last year in the way he bobs up and just weaves. He has a much more natural running style to his game than, than Lockie Miller does, admittedly. He really glides across the field, does Fletcher Sharp. He's one of the players I, I spoke about in my preview that I've been very excited about, and he did not let me down. I hope he gets another run in the second trial because I really love the way he plays his footy. Um. Far, far out. Dylan Lucas, what a good footy player he is. 
I can see him becoming a bit of a, a cult hero for the Knights, to be honest. There's a lot of raps about Kai Pierce Paul and him coming over from the English Super League, who we didn't get to see in this in this game as he's coming back from injury. Uh, but with the way Lucas played in this game and how he ended last year for the Knights, I'm not sure he's going to lose that starting spot to Pierce Paul. I love how both of his tries in this one came in two completely different ways. He's just always in the right position. There's nothing fluky about the way Dylan Lucas plays. So he had a really good game, and I'm excited to see how he progresses for the Knights this year. Uh, Jack Cogger, back in Knights colours, great thing to see. I've always rated him um, sort of coming through the grades, Jack Cogger. Him and Jock Madden were coming through sort of the same time, and I thought they were two of the best young halves coming through. And unfortunately, they both came through in some pretty dark times for for the clubs, like Koga coming through in that um, in the midst of that sort of three-peat of wooden spoons for the Knights and uh, Jock Madden coming through, I mean, any any time for the last decade for the Sharks has been a pretty uh, – for the Tigers, sorry, has been a pretty dark time and obviously stuck behind Luke Brooks for a while there, Madden, but him over at Broncos now, uh, I'd love to see him get more of a shot. But, yeah. Back to back to Jack Cogger. Um, yeah, he he played incredible in this game. I'm not sure if he, he if he makes their team early, but I think by mid season you will see one of Hastings or Gamble forced out of the squad because of how good Jack Cogger is. Yeah, it was superb in this one. Love seeing him back. Um, shout out David Armstrong. He had a really great game in this one. He's a fullback. I think he's pretty young. I want to say 19, 18, 19 year old. Um, I assume by the way he was playing on the wing and originally coming off the bench for the Knights suggests he's probably third in line for the fullback spot behind obviously Kalen Ponger and Fletcher Sharp who started at fullback in this one. But he he played so well, did David Armstrong. What was even more impressive though for me was was hearing his story about how he got into the grade in the first place. Apparently he's a, he's a Moree boy who spent time playing in Lightning Ridge. Shout out Riley Harrison. Um, played in Gundawindi and now he's over in Newcastle playing for the Knights. It's a, that's a tough ask. There's a lot of talent in areas like that that just fall through the cracks because of how remote they are. So it was really good to see him out there and what a game he had. He's got a good future ahead of him. Bloody quick player he is. Uh, lastly, we sort of got our, our first taste of Will Price playing in Australia, and God, he looked he looked incredible. Um, sometimes it's it's pretty hard for English backs to adapt down here, and I know it's just one preseason game, but he looked not only unfazed but in complete control out there. He didn't shy away from contact. He had a great passing game, and he scored a very silky try. He also has a pretty smooth goal-kicking style as much as I'm pretty sure he went maybe 50% from the tee, but I don't know. There was something to worry about the way he was striking them that, that caught my eye. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see Will Price this season, another one that could shake it up, probably best in the halves, and, you know, Knights made that run off the into finals last year off the back of Hastings and, and Gamble, but now with players like Will Price and Jack Colger, it's always good to have that pressure on them. So I'm excited to see him uh, when he progresses into the season. Uh, as for the Sharkies, they were sort of blown out, blown off the park in, in that second half. So there weren't, weren't too many other like standouts that really caught my eye. But I did just, I really enjoyed this game. There's good signs for both clubs coming into the season. So yeah, re- really enjoyed that one. Moving into the next game, we have the Roosters and the Seagulls. 
Uh, a bit unrelated to footy, but I actually sort of really like the Seagulls jerseys this season. Uh, and the logo, it, it's sort of slowly growing on me as well. I think the maroon shorts of, of the of the jerseys, well, are, are shorts technically part of the jerseys? What are they? No, jerseys are the shirts. What are shorts? I don't know. Either way, I think the, the maroon shorts contrasted like really well with like the, the white and then the maroon V across the chest. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Thought, thought I'd throw that one out there, but Seagulls, you've done well. You've done well with your jerseys this season. Um, moving into the game, though, uh, I really like the signing of Nathan Brown for Manly. I think he's the exact sort of player they need. He's just an aggressive middle with, you know, damaging runs, and he's got a really good ball playing about him. So um, I'd assume they've got him pretty cheap. I'm pretty sure they had him on a train trial or like a develop. It couldn't have been development. I don't know if you can put 30-year-olds on development contracts. So I'd assume it was a train trial, and then they upgraded him to their top 30. So presumably he's, he's on not much not much money at all. So I really love him as a signing. He had a lot of early touches and he looked really good out there. Um, it's also, it's very early doors, but I saw some really good things from Angus Crichton in this game. There's great signs that he's back to his old self. I do find it quite odd how quickly he's been forgotten. Like he, he did have a down year last year for sure. There's, there's no hiding away from that, but it was well documented how he struggled a lot mentally and had a, a few off field issues going on. Like, people forget that he was the best second row in the game for the years before that. If he's in a better frame of mind this year, which we all hope he is, then I see no reason why he can't get back to his best. He did have a few errors, admittedly, but it was the intensity of his runs that I was most impressed with. And he also had that those quick hands. I think he was in the centres at one point. He had the quick hands out to Daniel Tupo that led to a try. So, yeah, I was really impressed with Angus Crichton. And, yeah, I thought he, there were some really good signs in his game in this one. Uh, Bailey Hodgson, he's, he has got to have a scholarship in Denon Kemp's Goosey Academy because man loves a hop, skip and a jump. But no, in all seriousness, it was really good to see him back out there playing some footy. He's had a pretty horrid run with injuries when he was at the Knights. Still really young, Bailey Hodgson. Um, so yeah, it's good that the Seagulls have sort of thrown him a lifeline and given him that shot. And he yeah, he looked didn't look out of place at all in, in this one. So shout out to Bailey Hodgson. Um, I do personally think that Billy Smith should start in the centres in this side over Joseph Suwali. Suwali? Suwali? Um, like, we know Suwali. I'm going to say Suwali. I'm sure it's Suwali. Uh, and, like, you're very welcome to put crucify me in the it, wherever you want, but I'm just going to say Suwali. Um, like, yeah, we know Suwali isn't going to be in the team next year, and... The fact that the Roosters have re-signed uh, Billy Smith until 2027 suggests that they do see him as their future centre and someone they can win a premiership with. So why put him in reserve grade for Suwali in 2024? Like, if, if you think he's good enough to be a player, to be a like to be a centre in a premiership-winning sides in the coming years, which you obviously do, otherwise you wouldn't have re-signed him. Why isn't he good enough to be in your 2024 team? Like, personally, I think Suwali's been incredibly underwhelming at centre and I I believe Billy Smith is genuinely better centre than him. I it might be hater energy. I think Suwali is a really good player. I think he's a great player. But I don't think the talent that was so described is there. Or at least I haven't seen nearly enough of it in in first grade. Like to let him to break the rules and let him debut at seventeen 
he hasn't impressed me as much as I thought there would. Like if I think of superstars that have come through, like ones that were really highly touted coming through, uh, one of the ones that springs to mind was Latrell Mitchell, uh, absolute gun coming through the grades. And when he debuted as an 18 year old in 2016, he was incredible and was very close to winning a rookie of the year award. While Suwali, who gets the rules changed to debut at 17, I just haven't really seen that. I think Billy Smith is a better center. I genuinely do. And you can't fit everybody into this side with, with the signing of Dom Young. So if I were the Roosters, which obviously I'm not, I would drop Sawali. I don't think there's any point developing him if he's going to leave and go to Union the next year. While Billy Smith, who you've re-signed, you could develop him and he can get out there and prove why he's the center that you guys think he is. So, yeah, if I was the Roosters, I'd be playing Sawali in reserve grade and Billy Smith would get that center spot ahead of him. Uh, moving on, though, we'll, we'll go to Connor Watson. He caught my eye. It was great to see him back playing footy, another another one plagued by injury in 2023. He was probably the best on ground in this game once he once he came onto the field, started off the bench. Um, his energy just like through the middle when he comes on is, I think it's going to be so instrumental for the Roosters this year. With their stacked forward pack, if they can win the ruck, which you'd assume they would on most occasions, I think, yeah, Connor Watson and Brandon Smith are just going to create so many opportunities off the back of that. And I think Teddy will also have a great year running off the back of them as well. So, yeah, Connor Watson, great game for this one. Uh, the Jackson Paulo try. Wowee. Terrific. Absolutely incredible. It's champagne rugby league. If we can bring anything like that, out, out in Vegas, which both of the both of these teams, yeah, both of these teams will be playing in Vegas. So if we can bring that out while we're over in America, then we'll have the entirety of of the country of the USA just tuning into our sport. So, oh, what a try! Um, and sort of the last one I really want to touch on in this one was Junior Ponga. Uh, he didn't get much game time at all in this one, but because he scored that last try, it's given me a bit of an excuse to talk about him. I just really rate him as a player. I watched him come through the grades to the juniors, and he always was someone who who impressed me a lot. Um, he's probably 27, 28. He's a bit older now. He, you know, fell out of first grade for a while there after the Tigers, but I thought he was really, really good for the Roosters in their trials last year, and every time he got a shot in the first, first grade squad, I thought he was really good as well. So he's definitely someone... I would have like claimed as one of my could be anythings in the terms of guru back in the day. And um, I think a lot of clubs could do a lot worse than picking him up cheap and just giving him a regular shot in first grade. But yeah, that, that's sort of all the, all the players that stood out to me in this one. I really enjoyed this game of footy as well. Um, we know that the, the Roosters came out with pretty much a full strength squad in this one. Um, you know, they didn't play them all for the entire game, but yeah, they looked really good out there. I thought Manly had some really good moments as well. A lot less of a full, you know, first grade squad. And there was a bit of commentary on, on that, knowing that they don't get another trial. So they're going to go to Vegas without that preparation. But I thought a lot of their young guns looked pretty, pretty good in this one as well. And yeah, I just really enjoyed this game. So onto the Raiders and Eels, which is probably my favorite game. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but Really enjoyed this game. Uh, the first standout was just the entire Raiders' young forward pack. It's it's ridiculous. Like their depth is genuinely it's it's ridiculous. Uh, Adam Mariota is footwork before contact freakish. Like it just guarantees a quick play the ball on every single run he makes. 
Um, Peter Holler, I thought he was really good in this one as well. He scored a nice little try there. It's good to see him, you know, back in a, a first-grade squad. I've, I've rated Peter Holler for a while. It's almost a shame that he's at this Raiders side because their, their depth is – I mean, what can we say about it? But, you know, with performances like this, you know, Peter Holly could skyrocket his name into their considerations. I thought uh, Ethan Strange, I thought he looked really strong defensively, which I think is something that Ricky is going to be looking for in the, in the battle for that 5'8 jersey between KO Weeks and, and Ethan Strange. I thought he had really good form and contact. Um, in saying that, I'm not sure we're any closer to knowing who gets the 5'8 jersey out of him and KO Weeks because uh, they both had really solid games with, with KO scoring a try in this one as well. So it could be their second trial that decides who gets that jersey, and I really hope one of them comes out and absolutely blitzes it for him. Uh, Nick Chotrich, I think it's pronounced Chotrich, um, but he looked back to his old self. He looked really good out there. thought he was really strong coming out of his own end, and he was moving just really fluently. Um, he came up with that freakish try assist to KO Weeks with that, with that kick just off the cuff. And I, I don't think that's a fluke. That that's No, it wasn't a fluke. I've seen him do that sort of stuff on a number of occasions. He's just got a natural instinct and ability to come up with those plays. And if he's confident and back to his best, then he'll see that more often. And I think he could just be a massive spark for this young Raiders team. So it's really good seeing Chotrich have a good game. Uh, for the Eels, on the hand of them, Kelma Talangi, he had a really strong game as well, across, just across the entire board. Uh, we've always known sort of about Kelmer's ability. He's just struggled to sort of put it all together on a consistent basis. But I thought he looked really great in this one. Really good footwork before before contact, and he was really strong and aggressive in defense as well. So hopefully we can see the best out of Kelmer, and I think he'll prove to be a really good pickup for the Eels coming into 2024. Uh, just quickly, how good was that chase from Sean Russell on Xavier Savage? We know Xavier Savage is just one of the the quickest in the game, and I thought I thought he had him covered. I thought there was a point where he just took a step too far and got away from Sean Russell, and I'm like, yeah, see you later. But no, it showed it was never never give up stuff from Sean Russell. So you really love to see that, and he had a pretty good game himself, Sean Russell. So I really like him as a player. So yeah, good to see that sort of stuff. But I thought I'd, I'd throw that one in there. So shout out Sean Russell. Uh, Dejan Arcee, Dejan, Dejan, Dejan Arcee, I want to say that's how you pronounce it, uh, played really well. He had the ball on a string with his kicking game. He was, he was so good. I think he's just, he's too talented not to be playing first grade on a regular basis. I do think five eighth is his best position, but I think for the Eels, a move to the centers would be more than worth it. Just so you have an excuse to get him into the side. Like he's, he is a gun, Dejan Arcee. Uh, Brennan Hands impressed me as well. And if I were a betting man, I reckon he's probably wrapped up that number nine spot on the back of this performance. Showed a, a good running game and a kicking game that I didn't know he had. He's got pretty darn good service out there, which we know, and a good defensive game. So it was good to see him show off those other aspects to his game. And yeah, I thought he might have just wrapped up that nine performance. We know Brad Arthur wants an 80-minute uh, player for his hooker role this year. Hands played big minutes in this one too. Unfortunately, um, the young Arthur, the, uh, the the hooker, came on and copped a really bad knock early and, and went off 30 seconds, one minute into getting onto the field. So Brendan Hands had to get back out there and play the rest of the game. So just based on that alone, we got to see a lot of his fitness as well. And, yeah, I think 
I think he might have wrapped up that nine spot. So it's a good thing for super coaches. And, yeah, I do just rate Brandon Hands. I like seeing people come through the grades of their clubs and get shots. So shout out Brandon Hands. Uh, Logan Lewis. I thought he brought a lot of impact off the bench in both attack and defense for the Raiders. It's just another Raiders forward who could walk into, like, most clubs, but he's, he's stuck behind the world-class forward pack that the Raiders have got. Um, but, yeah, I was really, really impressed. I thought he was one of the best best out there. He was just everything he did, every tackle, every run. It was impactful. It was venomous. Loved, loved his performance. Danny Levi looked pretty good once he came on to replace Zach Wolford, who also sadly went off injured. Uh, he had a wild try assist off kick, but it was mainly his sort of deception and his running game that caught my eye in this one. So Danny Levi, he could have that nine spot wrapped up. I don't know, Zach Wolford was named there to start, so maybe maybe he's still ahead in the pecking order, but he didn't get to prove too much in this one, Zach Wolford, after coming off with injury, unfortunately. Uh, James Schiller, I think he could be a bit of a smoky for the Raiders' centre spot. If if Seb Chris doesn't end up playing there when he returns from suspension, I think Schiller, he could be he could be in for that one. He was arguably the best on the ground for this game. He was he was everywhere. He was fantastic. His reads and defence were nothing short of amazing, and he had a brilliant length of the field solo try. So that would have yeah certainly skyrocketed his name into contention for round one as well. Uh, lastly, of course, I sort of have to mention my boy, Mitch Henderson. He came on with about 30, 35 to go, and he just absolutely controlled the game as the Raiders halfback. And when they went on that run in that second half, it was no no coincidence that he was the halfback when they went on. The way he straightens the attack and plays out the back is very, very promising. His kicking game was tremendous. He, he got a pretty good rap in commentary as well. So shout out to you, Mitch. Played a really good game, mate. Um yeah, I, I alluded to it at the start, but it, might, it may have been my favorite game of the weekend. I really, really enjoyed it. It had a bit of everything about it. It's still only trials, but if the Raiders can play with this sort of attack come season time, then they will do a lot better than people are expecting. So, yeah, good good game, good game to get a read on these clubs. Uh, moving on, we have the Rabbitohs and the Dragons. Fuck me, did the Dragons pack start well. They were absolutely rolling the Rabbitohs, like in attack and defense. They were just, they were, wow, they were incredible. Every single player in their starting forward pack was blitzing it. They came out with so much aggression, so much passion. You really love to see it. Uh, Francis Molo's hit on Sean Kepi, it set the tone really well early, and he followed that up with some really, really strong runs as well. Uh, Jack DeBellin absolutely cut Cameron Murray and Braden Burns in half in, on a couple of different occasions. So his defense was another one that was out there that caught my eye. Like Laurie carried with purpose and Jaden Sewer was everywhere in attack and defense as well. I think he's in for a career year this year, Jaden Sewer. I'm so big on him. But yeah, it was really, really promising signs early from that Dragons pack. And the thing is, when this forward pack plays like this and plays aggressive and plays with passion, it then allows Jacob Little to use his speed around the ruck to create opportunities as well, which he did early in this game. So I really do think people are underestimating the Dragons, myself included. They've just got such a strong forward pack. And with Ben Hunt leading them around, I do find it pretty hard to believe that they can finish last on the ladder. Uh, Moving on, we have Jack Bird. Looks so fit out there. He did obviously the interview with Kempi early this year with um, early this year, probably end of last year on, on bloke in a bar uh, talking about how he wanted to play center this year. I've always thought he was a better center. I've always thought 
center was sort of his best position. But with the injuries he's had and how big he was last year, I was dubious as to whether or not he could really thrive there again. But, God, he looks good. He was moving very well out there. He had a great break through the middle of the ruck. Yeah, fantastic signs for Jack Bird. Played really well. I also like the look of uh, Zach Lomax on the wing, to be honest. The commentary mentioned that they were pretty interested to see his demeanor in, in this game and whether or not he was going to kick stones about being moved to the wing. But I thought he showed a lot of effort and he took a lot of tough carries early. So there's some really good signs for Zach Lomax on the wing there as well. For the Rabbitohs, Tavita Totola, he was really good. I, I did a post yesterday talking about him as a super coach prospect and yeah, literally just off the back of this game, I've, I had suspicions about him coming into the season thinking, oh, he could be in for a big one. But yeah, he looked really damaging in this one. He has a good mixture of like powerful hit ups and then just really good footwork before the line makes him a bit of a nightmare to defend as, as a forward. I think he's in yeah for a, a big, big year. Jai Gray, the young bunny, also pointed you guys out to him, admittedly one of Guru's boys, so I won't take full credit. But yeah, he didn't look out of place out there at all. A smaller body, definitely, but he didn't shy away from any contact. I thought he provided a good bit of spark for the for the Rabbitohs as well. It was like a little like Jack Rabbit just bobbing up everywhere. He wasn't playing in his usual position in the halves, uh, but he didn't let that affect his confidence. He was very safe under high balls, and the way he chimed into the attack on that Braden Burns try showed his real feel for the game really well. So Jai Gray might have been the best on ground for the Rabbitohs. I don't know. He was he was played a really terrific game. Uh, speaking of Braden Burns, it feels just it just feels right seeing him back in a South Sydney jersey. One of the all-time great human beings knocking about. Not sure he plays much or at all for the Rabbitohs this year, but I love seeing him back at this club, and he had a great game as well, scoring a, a couple of meat pies. So shout out Braden Burns. Cameron Murray might have been a bit preemptive saying Jai Gray was best on ground because I thought Cameron Murray was incredible. It was his defense, his passing, his running game. He can just do it all, Cameron Murray. I wasn't out there for overly long, so maybe I'll still give the nod to Dry Gray. But yeah, while he was out there, he was one of, if not the best player on the field, Cameron Murray, which, you know, he usually is in every game. He's a he's a freak. Sean Kepi for the Rabbitohs looked really good in his first outing. I think he'll prove to be a really good pickup for them. Like He got through a ton of work and never really looked like slowing down either. So he's a great player to get to replace Harm Sele and another one that should be on, on the radar of a few super coach players out there. Uh, Peter Mamazelis, so he had some really good touches as well. He picked his moments pretty darn well. He came up with that good little try assist to Dave Mawale. So obviously he's, he's next up for, for the Rabbitohs at hooker once Damien Cook's time ends. And I assume he'd be blooded a bit more this year and... You can see why he's, he's got that game. He's, he's bided his time well, and, yeah, I'm excited to see him get his shot. On the other side of the park, however, I thought Connor Mulheisen. I'm not even going to attempt to do that again. I'm just going to hope I did it right. But I thought, he, I thought Connor's service from dummy half was near perfect. But, yeah, it was just a really good game of footy, this one. I, I did, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I don't want to speak on it, but I do think I sort of have to. Uh, Tyrell Sloan. Really poor showing from him. He he had some good moments for sure, but his unforced errors and his just his effort areas were just unfortunately not up to par for NRL standard. Uh, once again, it's only a preseason game, and we have another game next week where he could just you know come out and absolutely brain it. But 
I fear that could make things even worse for him. Like we all know his talent, but he needs to bring his worst game substantially closer to his best. Having a three out of 10 game and following that up with a 10 out of 10 game isn't good enough for him. I'd much rather he just has a consistent seven out of 10 game every game for an entire season. But yeah, look, let's not take that away from the game. It was a really good game of footy, but yeah. Uh, Moving on, we've got the Warriors and the Tigers, my Warriors. Uh, first player that caught my eye was Jacob Laban. He he looks the goods. He's sort of in the mould of a bit of a Eli Katoa or Jeremiah Nanai, just a bit of a rangy, solid um, second rower. Yeah, he ran a bloody good line to score that first try for the Warriors. So excited to see how he progresses for, for them this year. Uh, I've always been a really big Aiden Caesar fan. I think he's exactly the sort of player that the Tigers need for direction in the halves this year. He played a terrific all-round game in this one. He straightened the attack a lot. He kicked incredibly well. He just really controlled the game from start to finish when he was on the field. Uh, he got a nice try as well, so just a bit of, bit of icing on the cake of, of his performance in this one. Abby Corusau, he was incredibly crafty around the ruck when he was out there. The deception he created in the opening try to Safarth was very, very underrated. And I know all you super coaches want to hear it. Happy goal kicking over Aiden Caesar. Jeez Louise. I assume a few teams uh, are going to get ripped apart to accommodate him at Hooker now because, yeah, if he's probably playing close to 80, I'd assume, for the Tigers this year. And with goal kicking, yeah, could almost be a lock in every side. So interesting to see that. Um, it was pretty devastating to see Declan Casey leave the field in this one with with concussion. I mentioned him in my preview for these games, saying how I really liked him as a underrated pickup for the Tigers, and I thought he'd provide a good bit of depth for them. Um, but it was, yeah, really disappointing to see the way his, his day ended. In saying that, I don't think it should have been a send-off for Zion for, the, for that hit. It wasn't pretty, don't get me wrong, but I think 10 in the bin would have been more than worthy. It... I don't think it was really forceful or deliberate in my eyes from Zion. He just didn't get low enough. And the contact on Casey beforehand from the player, it might've been uh, going, I'm not sure who it was, but the player hit uh, Casey low and it sort of like seemed to jolt him, jolt Casey into Zion. Like the onus is definitely on Zion to get that technique right. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm biased as a Warriors fan, but I thought a send-off was a bit harsh, especially in a trial game where we want to see these young guns get a run. But anyway, we'll move on. And moving on, we are to the man of the hour, RTS. Holy smokes. He is back, baby. He did not miss a beat on his return. I was calling for him to be a center since before it was even rumored. Just go back and like listen to my chat on the Bloke in a Bar Nosebleeds podcast where I talked about him there. He's exactly what the Warriors need, especially in the center position. I It might be a bit out there to call it, but I, I think he'll be the best center in the NRL this year. Like he's in any position he plays, he's the best player on the field. So, yep, best center in the NRL. I'm calling it now. I don't know how anyone's going to handle him. He he just made makes everyone look silly, and especially in this game, after two years out, like mind you, he's he's a freak, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. And just in case he wasn't good enough, his defense was was incredible. Like I don't know, fantastic to see Roger back in rugby league where he belongs. I uh, really like the look of Ali Leatawa. Uh, he's got the perfect build of, of a center in the modern game. He's Big, he's strong, he's solid. He's got really good footwork and acceleration as well. He 
It was great in his debut last year for the Warriors, and I'm I'm pretty excited to see him get some game time this year. Aside from that early miss in defense that led to the Tigers opening try, I thought he was really good in defense as well. He's solid in contact and his reads were really good as well. Sorry, just had to cut the podcast there for a bit. Had a, had a sneeze and didn't want to sort of leave that one in. Um, but moving on from Leia Tower, I thought Talon De Silva, he had some really good moments for the for the Tigers. It seems like he's jumped ahead of Jake Simpkin as that um, as their preference in the hooker like pecking order because um, Jake Simpkin seemed to be playing a bit of halfback out there tonight, which, you know, read that what you will. I, I've always been a bit of a fan of Jake Simpkin, but, yeah, no doubt Talon had some really good moments in this game. So whoever they pick is, is going to be a pretty darn solid backup to Appy should he go down at any point or should he get selected for origin. Other than that, there weren't too many standouts for this one either. It was really hard to sort of get a read for this game after the early send-off. Jaden Sullivan looked pretty promising. I think he's in for a good year. But, yeah, as I said, it was pretty hard to get a read on the structures for both teams after that send-off. I think Tigers may have been a bit guilty of trying to score points on every play when season wasn't out there to guide them around the park. And I, I also thought the Warriors' defense, it was I thought it was pretty good. Like, to play an hour of an 80-minute game with only 12 players and to only lose by two points is a pretty solid effort. But I think we'll have a, a lot more to say about these teams after their second trial game. So, yeah, let's look forward to that. Moving on, we have the Cowboys and the Broncos. Um, to start with, I thought it was really cool seeing a player like Marley Batangane, I want to say, uh, make the Cowboys squad. I don't know much about him at all. hadn't heard of him before this game, but from what the commentary said, he's Tanzanian and moved to Australia in 2007. So an, an African they were saying probably the first African player. I think Moses Mbai is of African descent, but I don't believe Moses Mbai was born in Africa. But, yeah, I think it's just really cool seeing our, our great game being picked up of people of different backgrounds. So, yeah, good seeing him get a shot out there today. I thought Adam Reynolds was superb in this one. He wasn't out there for too long with the Broncos obviously not wanting to risk him before Vegas but he was in com- complete control of the attack when he was on the field. His lead-up play to that first Piakura try was so sexy. And just while we're on Piakura, wow. His line running in both of his tries was world-class, especially in that second try. Like, the way he he changed his line right before meeting the defense, it's a trait only found in the absolute best second rowers out there. He showed exactly why he's been so highly touted, and I'm excited for his season this year. He's, he's so talented, Piacoro. Another player I mentioned in my team list preview was Sam McIntyre and how I thought he'd get a fair bit of opportunity for the Cowboys this season. Well, I thought he looked uh, really good out there. Linked up well through the middle as a as a ball-playing lock, had a few strong carries and hit very well in defense. If Luciano Lelua does leave the Cowboys this season, which it sounds more and more likely that he will, then I think McIntyre could be the player to replace him on that bench. Uh, Tom McKayley, he looked really good for the Cowboys as well. I really like him as a pickup for them. He hasn't showed us anywhere near what he's capable of, McKayley. I think he's got so much potential. And if the Cowboys can get any of that potential out of him, then they have a really good player on what I'd assume to be a pretty cheap deal. I think he provides, at worst, good depth for them in the forward pack. Uh, Reese Walsh, absolute freak. He can he can do it all. He can. He still has those two or three errors a game, but they're not your typical like lack of effort er- errors. Majority of the time, they're from trying too hard, which you can't really be too disappointed in. 
But if he can cut those out, which I'm sure he will with time, like then we could be witnessing absolute greatness for, from a player like him. Let's not forget he's he's only 21 years old. That is mental. Once he matures and the game slows down a bit for him, then these decisions, I think he's going to get them right 99% of the time. As disappointed as I was with him leaving the Warriors, it was clearly the right move. Brisbane just suits him, and I really hope he stays there and has an everlasting legacy because he could be one of the greats. If he if he stays out of trouble and keeps us up, he, he's in for such a such a big future. What a superstar. Marty Tapao, I thought he looked incredible for the for the Broncos. I thought he might have been the best forward in the game in this one. He poked his nose through the line on a number of occasions and he picked his offloads to perfection. I think the Broncos' fast start in the second half was majority off the back of his efforts in my eyes. Um, the Cowboys team in, in that first half, I thought they showed really good grit. Um, a team of mainly reserve graders matching it with a near full strength Brisbane side. I thought they were quite clinical the way that they played in attack and more than, yeah, they more than matched the Broncos in the physicality department. So shout out to them in saying that the Broncos did show their class in that second half, which, you know, we all expected them to do so. And they hit their straps and they really put the Cowboys to the sword. Uh, other players that caught my eye, Sammy Valamai. I thought he had a, a really good game again and looks to continue on his great form for the Cowboys last year. And Jackson Perdue running the length of the field right on full time was a great way to end the game. The kid has some serious wheels. Uh, and yeah, just just quietly, how good are the Broncos jerseys? Every jersey is infinitely improved by adding a collar. Should be industry standard for all clubs. Wow. Uh, but yeah, re- really good game, that one. Really enjoyed it. And we'll move on to the final game, just so this podcast doesn't hit an hour, hopefully. We have the Dolphins and the Titans. Now, first player that caught my eye, Tony Francis, the, the Titans winger. He's got a bit of Greg Marju about him. He's a big unit out in the wing. He genuinely wouldn't look out of place in the front row, but he had a really, really good game in this one. He brings it out of his own end well, which the commentators noted is something that he prides himself on a lot. So that's always a, a thing that you want to hear about your wingers that want to look for work and do the hard yards out of your own end. So he, he brought it out of there really well. He's bloody near. He's damn near impossible to stop close to line as evidenced by his double in this one. So yeah, great game from Tony Francis. Thought he played really well. I thought the Dolphins looked pretty flat out there in that first half. They were pretty sluggish in their attack. Um, But Herbie and Flegler are exactly what this Broncos team needs. They looked great when they're out there and they brought exactly what we expected from them. Like great carries out of their own end and strong defense from Herbie. And in the case of Flegler, you get great, great aggression in the middle and the opportunity for second phase play on the back of his offloads, which I hope to see released. You know, we know Wayne Bennett doesn't really like the offloads flowing too much, but with a player like Flegler, I don't think you should shoehorn him into that. I think you let him play his natural game and play off the back of it. And you've got a team that can do that. When you've got the hammer and Jeremy Marshall King's craftiness and Sarko, I think, you know, Herbie, Avarillo, I think when you've got a team like this, you should be looking to play off that second phase play off the back of offloads. So I hope they do let uh, Flegler release the arm a bit and he gets those offloads away. And I think, yeah, they're in for a really good season, the the Dolphins. Not sure they make the eight, but it, it's a stacked comp this year. There's going to be a lot of teams that are worthy of making the eight, teams that would make the eight in a lot of other seasons that are going to miss it this year. But, yeah, I think Herbie and Flegler, they're in for – Really good seasons, and I thought they looked pretty darn good when they're on the field in this one. Uh, I'm a fan of Jack Bostock or Bostock, 
But I thought he had a, a pretty poor game, admittedly. Um, with reports coming out that he was leading the race for that left wing spot coming into the season, I was expecting a big game from him. But I think his performance may well have dropped in behind Tessie New for that jersey now, especially because Tessie had a really solid game himself. He did score a pretty good try late into the game to mask it all a bit. But yeah, I, I did expect a bit more from Jack Bostock in this one. Moving on. Oh. Like I rate Jared Wallace. He's a halfback in a front rower's body. His knowledge of the game is genuinely great. Like you can see the way he barks orders and positions himself on the field. That he's just he just sees the game differently to most. Born to play halfback, forced to play front rower. It reminds me a bit of myself, really. Um, nah, but he he was. I thought he was the best player on the ground for this one. Love Jack. Uh, ja- love Jared Wallace. He's going to be. He's in for another great season for the for the Dolphins. Uh, Harley Smith Shields thought he looked pretty gar- pretty darn good in his first outing for the Titans. Obviously, coming back from some pretty pretty horrid injuries, like some of the worst injuries we've seen. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough gig to crack into their first grade team with how strong the Titans' depth is in the back line. But performances like this one can certainly do him no harm. Can do his chances no harm. So it's really good to see him back. I thought he played really solid. Looked for some early work, which you always want to see from a player coming off injuries. Uh, Jalen DeGroote was another one that sort of caught my eye. I thought he had some really good moments. The Titans' ability to unearth incredible fullbacks needs to be studied. Like, how can a team have Jaden Campbell, AJ Brimson, Keanu Keeney, and now Jalen DeGroote? Like, that's, that's wild. There's a lot of teams that would kill for these sort of players. And they've just got four of them casually sitting there. Uh, lastly, Val Tafade. Oh, he looks fit. We, we all know about his, his story in shedding 10 kilos in the offseason. Um, he's an absolute nightmare to handle. I would not want to be standing in front of Tafare at full flight. He's near impossible to stop one-on-one. But what really impressed me in this one was he showed some really good soft hands to put Brenton Byra, I think that's how you pronounce his name, Brenton Byra, over in the second half as well, which was really, really promising to see. If he can add a passing game like that to his game, then look out like he's in for... A good good future, Val Tafade. And that about wraps us up for the first week of the preseason challenge. How good to have footy back. I yeah, as I as I said, didn't really get to see many of these games live, just just a couple here and there, um, on my breaks from work and whatnot, but love it. There was a lot of great things to see in this week, and I'm so, so excited. It's just around the corner. Got another week of preseason of the preseason challenge, of course, which we expect to see a lot of the main stars of these teams getting a bit of action, so that's that's very exciting to see. But yeah, it was a good showing this week as well. So let, let's not take anything away from that. But yeah, guys, hope hope you guys enjoyed the the podcast. Hope you guys are excited as excited for footy as as I am. Because what else is there to do? Ever, only only every day do I just sit here and go, oh, can't wait for the footy to be back. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for for tuning in on this one. Got some more content coming. Got one more big day of work ahead of me and then I'll sit down and hash some stuff out. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you guys next time.